What's going on? Welcome to the seventh episode of the American Schmuck. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. I really do. I really do. I'm trying to reclaim my train of thought because I was recording a podcast right before this one. And a car alarm outside my window started going off and it just completely got me distracted. You can hear it in the microphone. And I had to stop it because it was just it just fucked up my whole my whole flow. Well, welcome. Today is August 10th. 2020, a year that will go down undoubtedly in history. One of the most significant years. In humanity, in the history of humanity, and we are a part of it, which is exciting. Well, I kind of want to get into, there are two things that are overtly fucking with mostly America, but also the world, but in America... Where bad guys want to end the concept of freedom. They want to make the concept of freedom associated with racism, which is the opposite. Which is completely the opposite. So they can usher in their fucking oppression. And it's being done in two ways. The two ways is the overt kind of technocratic takeover, medical takeover with the whole, everything associated with COVID-19. You know, the masks are a big part of it. It's not just, oh, just put the fucking mask on. No, you're breathing in your own CO2. You're suffocating because you need oxygen. Science, science says you need oxygen. And it's a symbol of your obedience and people really want to that's they they get their power from all these institutions that pretty much are all Rockefeller funded throughout the past century even more the medical system is a Rockefeller medical system the UN the Council on Foreign Relations Trilateral, Trilateral Commission they're all Rockefeller funded systems the banks the oil, they can't really point to oil much anymore because ever since they've discovered a whole bunch in North Dakota recently and then in the past uh, century, 60, 70 years in the South, like Louisiana and Alabama and stuff, they found, they found a bunch of oil out there. And it was people outside the Rockefellers, but they sure, you know, try to embed themselves in it. But in North Dakota, you got a little bunch of little mom and pa, little oil Drillers, they're going out and uh, getting investment money to like get the equipment needed to find the oil and drill it. So it's actually good seeing small businesses, entrepreneurs getting into the oil business, not just the Rockefellers. Standard Oil, Standard Oil, Exxon, all that stuff. But the Rockefellers have their fingerprints everywhere. 
there was a guy who helped write the charter for the UN who worked with David Rockefeller named Alger Hiss. And he was a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. And uh, he was arrested for being a Soviet spy. This was a long time ago. And I bring that up because everything the Rockefellers do is to promote communism. I think the Rockefellers are Marxists. Marxists are always rich and they're always capitalists, but they're not even capitalists because they're famously quoted to say competition is a sin. They don't want competition. And all that competition means is everybody gets a better product at a lower price. But that is like the Marxist, like, you, you, that, that might as well say, thou shall not kill to a Christian. The Marxist competition is a sin. And about 100 years or so ago, David Rockefeller was funding all... He, he wanted to get a control of education. And he did. And he didn't do it overtly. He's, he did it by funding teachers' unions and giving donations to the companies that made the textbooks. And they wanted to veer away from American history and kind of bring in, you know, a, a, you know Russian history at the time. And all, in the American history that we were learning was pretty much almost exclusively about how we had slavery at one point. So it's always had a leftist communist bend to it, so just, just to sow discord, to bring in a proletariat class or, or a proletariat ideology around race is how it's unfolding. And so they've been getting their way for a while. And they use other black people to do it as kind of their little, to their, their little, they're, they're slaves. T-H-I-E-R, slaves, the Rockefeller slaves. And they're their slaves. Like this guy. LaShawn Ford, Democrat state rep from Illinois. This is what he has to say about our schools that have already been taken over by communists. Here's what he has to say. So today, I'm calling for the abolishment of history classes in Illinois. We're concerned that current school history teachings lead to white privilege and a racist society. There you go. What an intellectual, right? This guy's fucking smart. History leads to a racist society. Which he knows is bullshit. Which he knows is bullshit. And he knows there's no racism. And if there is, it's coming from black people. 
because they've been taught that by white people who are very small but extremely racist through injections in their culture like using the N-word. If the N-word was... If, if, if NWA was never around, around the time when Rick Ross was getting his cocaine from the CIA to flood into the blacks in Southern California in Los Angeles. Around the same time, then we have NWA. And then ever since then, you cannot find a rapper whose every other word is the N-word. And then you go to like an inner city hood as black dominant, it's it, they, that's all that they refer to each other as. And what do you think that does to them? They hate themselves because of it. Deep down, they hate themselves. And we see that through the riots right now going on in Illinois, in Chicago. A cop shoots and injures a black person. And they riot and steal and loot and just... And some people are killed already. That's the... But it's not even an outrage. I mean, they're not outraged on that. They just have an excuse to do it. But it's supposedly outraged over, over that. But in Chicago, where black people kill other black people all the time, like, it's just... An, it, it's... Hundreds on a weekend. Straight like warfare. But they say, no. We're only allowed to kill each other. Don't you stand in the way of me killing myself. I'm talking like as a black community. But this doesn't represent all blacks. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't represent the ones who don't who who know that what their color of their skin is, but they don't identify it. Just like how I know that I'm a white person, but I don't go around identifying myself as a white person. Same human being, same human being as that. But these people have been taught the N word. You're the N word. Remember your place and you, the fucking rapper with the gold necklace and the Rolls Royce. Who gets it and, and talks about killing people and fucking dealing crack and shit. If the same thing you're trying to do. This is what he told me to fucking... This is how he told me to talk. And fuck school. That's run by white people. With their history class and shit. And so that's what's... That's, you know... Obviously, that's going on in Illinois when you got representatives like this. I went to find a soundbite, the YouTube video from uh, the mayor of Chicago talking about how she pledges allegiance to the world, New World Order, and she's gonna she's gonna bring about the the you know she can't get everything done through the leg, excuse me, the legislature and the city council who might have some disagreements with her on some sort of minutia. But she's a power-hungry bitch. So you you both could be Marxists, but Marxists are at the end of the day going to kill each other because each one of them thinks that they have the best idea for Marxism, and now it turns into a power struggle. Now she's decided she's going to use the bureaucracies to implement all these things. 
she's going to use like social services and like uh, HUD and like local HUDs and, and all the all these fucking things where people are hired and unelected to run. And she gives orders to them and they're going to implement it all throughout the city. And I guarantee this riots, these riots have, I bet she probably ordered them on some, on some level. Probably met, you know, straight up like in a car, in a parking garage that doesn't have a cell phone in it. Yeah. You know, and then said some like coded message like, oh, looks like the bees are making honey. Yes, ma'am. You know, something like that or something. And, of course, something like that's going on in Chicago. But I went to go find the video of Lightfoot talking, you know, saying that she pledges allegiance to the New World Order and she's going to use the bureaucracies to fucking run shit. But I couldn't find it anywhere on YouTube. They took it down. That's too damning. That exposes her too much. She looks like a fucking alien with her big-ass eyes and her big-ass forehead and her stupid-ass hair. Just ugly as fuck. Who would elect these people? Obviously, probably these rioters. You know, I mean, I'm so naive in saying that, that assuming that these people are even elected, it's all fraud. Of course Chicago's full of fucking fraud. It always has been. This fucking... LaShawn Ford goes on to say this bullshit... teaching of history and the local school districts to take immediate action by removing the current history books and curriculum practices that unfairly communicate our history until a suitable alternative is developed. We should instead devote greater attention towards civics and ensure students understand our democratic process and how they can be involved. Today, I don't know the party of individuals here, and I'm sure we have people from different parties, but today this is an issue that brings us all together, and that is getting our history right. So we may have Republicans, Democrats, um, independents, but it doesn't matter when you're talking about civics and getting our history right, and that's why we all stand together today to make sure that that happens. I'll stand together, my dick. Suitable alternative. Suitable alternative. He just pulls that shit out of his ass. There's never going to be an alternative. They're going to transform schools into re-education camps and induct every single child, abuse them. They're soft minds. They're molded. Fuck books. Fuck learning history on their own. Fuck private schools. Fuck school choice. Fuck all that. We need to bring them and learn them into civics and teach them how to be good revolutionaries. That's what we need to do. We need to have them fucking, you know, have a, in, in every single bedroom above their bed, have Lori Lightfoot, you know, on their ceiling. Like if this is 1980s and it was Molly Ringwald up there, you, we need to have that. And so when they go to bed to, that night, you know, and their parents shut their lights off and, and you know, it's going to be law that your parents can't even come in your room uh, invading your privacy because they want to have that fucking gap. They don't want you to have any fucking parents. They want the state. They want Lightfoot to be your fucking mom and daddy. And she looks like she could be both. 
They're going to have that. And they're going to teach that, and they're going to teach, you know, you hate your parents just like in the Maoist youth brigades and the, and the Red Guards and the Cultural Revolution. Hell on earth. People were killing their own parents. Fucking flesh banquets when they were, like, putting people in the big-ass cauldrons and eating them. Killing everything that was considered capitalist. I mean, literally, if Antifa was 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 totally sanctioned by the government, which they are trying to, but they're the weakest people on the planet. This is what they would do. Any sort of patio that had an American flag on it, capitalist, you're dead. We're going to fucking shame you, tarn feather you, and cut your head off and beat you to death. And I mean, they if they had their way, it would be fucking hell on earth. And they practice Satanism, so of course it fucking would be. And let's all do this together. All this fucking together shit. He, he, he does like... Kind of sprinkle in on purpose the word individual in there. Kind of make it sound like, you know, he, he he's he's fair. You know, kind of like when the when the Democrat politician, you know, goes up and says some shit like what he said, but he'll have like a red tie on, kind of just so you associate it with bipartisanship. This is, yeah, I mean, this is insane, and they they've have mobilized the city of Chicago to do this stuff. These are like the purges here in which you go to one of these rallies and stuff. They'll be like, yeah, let's do the purge. Let's do it. But there's going to be a lot of infighting because just like in uh, the cultural revolution, factions started to, uh, factions of different red guards and, and kids who are communists started having slight differences in their methodology, and they would all-out war with each other, straight war with each other, guns and kill and, and all that. So it was like a civil war. And finally, Mao was like, you know, we got to end this. I order it. And then all of them stopped because they all fucking worship Mao. And... uh then Mao moved in with the troops and rounded up the leaders and killed them. Right out of the classrooms. They took them right out of the classrooms. They don't know who is going to be next. So every time... These little fucking schmucks think that they're getting their power. Every time you worship the establishment and do their bidding, they're going to be coming after you next because they know you're the dumb fuck. They know you're the idiot. They know you're the fucking retard. And they're going to trample all over you. I tell you, you let them trample on you, they're going to trample on you more. It's what criminals do. It's what bad guys do. Like, you go to prison or something, I've never been to prison, but, you know, somebody comes up and says, you know, give me your fucking cornbread or something. That's just a start. You think you're going to satisfy them by giving them the cornbread and they're going to be thankful for it? Nope. You're going to get your whole tray. Then you're going to be bitched and give them the whole tray of food. Then he's going to show up at your uh, at your cell. Because that's what bad guys do. That's what bad guys do. 
I mean, hell, during World War II, we pretty much fought the... We didn't fight, but we pretty much gave the Soviets, like, all the support material, like, that they... That they that they used during the fucking world, you know, on the Eastern Front. Not only that we invaded on the Western side of Europe to distract the Nazis, so now they had to fight two different fronts, easing up uh, everything for Stalin on the Eastern Front. But the United States was sending them tens of millions of dollars in support and aid. Like half of the trucks on the Eastern Front were provided by us, American, American taxpayers. Food, all the way to radios and luxuries for the commissars. And and then after the war, what did we get? We got a big fuck you. No thank you. Suddenly, they got an atomic bomb too. That they've stole all the plans for from the United States. And communist elements, Rockefeller communist elements in the United States. Alger Hiss. Look up that name. Writes up the charter for the UN. Council on Foreign Relations member. Council on Foreign Relations set up by the Rockefellers. So was the UN. So was the Trilateral Commission. All of it. All of it used to kind of organize Rockefeller interests all around the world. It's not about making money for these people. They have enough money. Elgar Hiss ended up being arrested for being a communist spy, a Soviet spy. Yep. And that's it's those type of people who... See, this is that German tactic of, fuck, what was it, Gleitschenstalken, where it's illegal pressure from below, legal pressure from above. And that legal pressure comes from the COVID lockdowns, and the illegal pressure comes from this fake, I hate you, so I'm going to preemptively strike you, anti-racism, but actually racism movement. That we see with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Which are segregated groups. If they're for unity, they would be one group. It's a fucking joke. But, I don't know. Maybe we should, like, see things out kind of... If I were a CIA or FBI or some sort of... I mean, the CIA is has been allowed to operate domestically under Obama. A lot of stuff has been allowed to operate operate domestically under Obama. Or even the military. You could even send in military intelligence. I would cause such a rift between the two that they would end up just wiping each other out. Sure, there's all sorts of atrocities being done by Antifa and Black Lives Matter against innocent people. It's kind of on video all the time. But how many times do we need to do that where a bunch of innocent people are getting their ass beat? Old ladies and walkers. Portland. Old ladies and walkers. Give, I mean, 
just trying to put out a fire that they started. And they go and attack her and douse her with paint and just... I mean, these people, they have no bottom. These are, this is, this is like, this is what Satan looks like. I mean, like, sometimes I think I have, like, man, I shouldn't think about how much I want to fucking, like, just pound the fuck out of, like, that Antifa member. Like, just have his, like, you know, put his mouth on the curb and, you know. But then I'm like, man, that's not healthy thinking. Like, that's just... These people, they, they do it and think it's good. These are the people who would surrender and be taken prisoner in a warfare scenario out of the kindness of the hearts of their enemy. But those will be the same people who will take no prisoners and they will torture them. Totally lopsided. And you know, let's say, let's do like a devil's advocate for a second here. That uh, LaShawn Ford guy. One could make the argument that the history is written by the victor, right? One, I mean, like, the Rockefeller-funded, pretty much Rockefeller uh, textbooks that have been around for about a century now isn't enough, which proves that he's a victor in all this. Council on Foreign Relations, victor in all this. Trilateral Commission, victor in all this. But this is a this is him coming out and saying we've won. Very arrogant. You shouldn't declare that. Didn't work out for Bush too well when he declared war in uh, declared uh, victory in Iraq. War went on, uh, and a lot more people died than after that than when he said before that in Iraq. But this is him, you know, saying we're the victors now. We're going to end history and bring in civics, politics. As if history has nothing to do with politics. Replace it with something suitable. Bipartisan. Together, we should all agree. History is racist. White privilege. What are these kids going to do when they find out that, like, we actually, like, fought a whole war to end slavery? It's going to be, they're going to teach them that that's, that didn't happen, and when it's going to be brought up, they're going to freak out and then, you know, lash out and throw temper tantrums and then get violent and riot. Because it's so contradictory to what their, their whole identity so it's not about right or wrong. It's not about fact, fiction. It's just about you know that you attacked my identity and that you might as well have killed me because I invested all of my all of my whole life into this identity and, and you, you how dare you attack it. You know, I should kind of change it here, but uh, I should have got the sound bite for this. But 
what was it, back in like 2005 or some many years ago, there was the uh, General Wesley Clark in an interview somewhere, I forget where, very famous interview where he talks about, you know, after 9-11, he was working at the Pentagon, and he got word just after 9-11 that they're going to invade Iraq. And it came from the straight-up um, Defense Department office, Donald Rumsfeld. And he's like, what? Why are we invading Iraq? They find some connection with uh, 9-11 there? No. No. Why? Well, what will we invade? The decision has been made. All right. So, like, a couple weeks later, they're like, what's what's up with that Iraq thing? Oh, it's actually worse. We're going to topple five governments in seven years or seven governments in five years. What? Yeah, we're going to get rid of Syria. We're going to get rid of Lebanon. We're going to get rid of Somalia. We're going to get rid of... Oh, gosh. Couple of, there's a few other ones in there. I'm just going off remembering, but it was Libya, one of them. But then throughout, you know, after that, you know, kind of slowly, one by one, they're behind schedule, but like one by one, they've been like taken out. And now here we have, here we have the thing that went on in Lebanon, that big old tactical nuke looking blast. And, I think I think it's a, it's not an organic event. I think it's a total spook event of some sort, and because you know you have the initial explosion, so now the cameras are going. Everybody's got their cameras out looking at it. Now the big explosion. Now let's do that one. So now the whole world sees it in HD, 4K, and now we're having all sorts of riots in Iraq or in Lebanon. People are dying, like really violent riots, like kind of like what's going on here. And mind you, Lebanon's pretty much run by Hezbollah, which is an Iranian kind of military group, paramilitary group supported. You know, they're they're whenever Iran wants to attack somebody, a country or organization or whatever. That's who they activate, and it's kind of a, a proxy. They can at least say that, that their hands are clean of them when it just might as well be like, you know, here, you send in the, you know, fucking 101st Airborne somewhere. You know, they're not airborne, Hezbollah, but, you know, send in that 101st Airborne, but call the 101st Airborne... Um, the super northern hemisphere militia or something. But they're still directed by, you know, the Ayatollah. The UN has come out. UN, mind you, brought to us by the Rockefellers. Definitely a, a fucking spook. Oh, yeah, and it was it the uh, Rockefellers had brought in, like, the CIA, too? Like, the CIA is a thing? Because it went from the operation of special services to the CIA after World War II, time, the U, you know, when the UN came, came about. 
And where did I see here? They're like, oh, yeah, since the blast, the U.N. system has been working around the clock, delivering medical supplies. So the U.N. moved right in. They moved right in. And there was a very sense of urgency, concern funding required to tackle recovery and reconstruction, go beyond the U.N.'s humanity. Here we go. This is from some Amina J. Muhammad, representative of the U.N., obviously some fucking leftist. She says, to help Lebanon, Lebanon overcome the tragedy and recover better, we will need all hands on deck, said the Deputy Secretary General, adding, the faster we act, the better we can reduce human suffering, suffering in Lebanon and beyond. Let's not forget that the, por- the port was destroyed and also serves humanitarian needs in Syria. Uh, that wasn't the part I was talking about. But there was something in here. There's a lot of fucking wordage. Can't quite highlight it, you know, because I wanted to before I, uh, here we go. Count on the United Nations. In remarks at the end of the virtual conference, of course it's virtual because everybody's fucking scared and trying to virtue signal that the pandemic is a pandemic. And people that are getting struck by lightning are counted as COVID deaths. You're getting struck by lightning now. COVID Deputy Secretary General thanked the attended for their support to Lebanon and urged all other leaders to join in solidarity with the international effort. Solidarity. You know, there's that fucking communist word too. And the world has responded. responded. Standing with the government and, the, and people of Lebanon, significant resources have been committed to answer the immediate needs of Beirut and the Lebanese people. I think the UN is moving in to help foment these protests, subvert the government there. But they, they just took they just took it over. The UN and the Rockefeller just took 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 over Lebanon, which has been a goal for a very long time. So make no mistake about it. I mean, this could unfold in many different ways because you, you I mean Hezbollah has a big presence in Lebanon. And they're trained and they're armed and and they don't fuck around. And now if we have these protesters, they're going to be supported by the UN. You can bet your bottom dollar that they are. Then they're going to... I don't see how they're going to take sides with Hezbollah. And they're gonna get they're gonna they're gonna force the West hand into supporting a side of the civil war there. That's gonna happen. Mind you, there's still we still don't fully know. Like we just know this is, this explosion happened, and people are rioting because of it. You know, answers are still. I mean, I'm sure there's still probably flaming wreckage all over the place. I'm sure every single window is still busted out. But these people demand change. Change of what? We don't even know what to change yet. They don't fucking care. Just like the fucking LaShawn fucking butt fuck guy talking about we need to replace history with something suitable. He doesn't even know. But it's not even about knowing. It's just about getting rid of it. You just put that out there to make you hope that there's going to be something better in the future. There's no intention on making a better future with these guys. They want pain. They want hurt. They want death. 
every time some shit like that is said, a war happens. And that's what's going to happen in Libya or Lebanon because that's been the plan the whole time. So we might see a war with a proxy war between Iran with Hezbollah and these, quote, you know, these rioters in uh, Lebanon. They're going to be funded through the UN. And then there's going to be the spotlight shown, you know, shine on Trump. What are you doing? You hate protesters in fucking Lebanon? And then, and then the media is going to attack him. But the ones in Hong Kong, when Trump supports them, and even then, he had to support, he wanted to support them. We wanted to support. I know I, I, I was all for supporting them because they were against the fucking worst government in history, the Chicom government. 100 plus million people killed. So yeah, I support Hong Kong in their protests. And, uh, and so did Trump, but the media was like, they, they didn't know what to do. They didn't quite know what to do because the Hong Kongers had the moral high ground. They didn't quite know what to do. But they're going to make much more of a fuss out of protest the Lebanese protesters than they will the Hong Kong ones because that's a natural event. It doesn't go to plan. The plan is to have Hong Kong taken over by the Chinese government. As was happened under Bill Clinton's support during his presidency. He used to be under, uh, used to be a UK protectorate. Then they gave it back with some autonomy to the Chinese government. And now ever since then, the Chinese government has been encroaching on their autonomy. And these protests, riots in Hong Kong started from uh, the Chinese government being able to execute warrants in Hong Kong. So if there's somebody who has a warrant in China, and they're in Hong Kong, they can go into Hong Kong and get that person. Which is going to be the goal eventually under the world government of the UN, which still has a moral high ground, which the average lefty will still look to as the the governing agency, the fucking God, the UN. When the UN has supported, not even say, I'm not even going to say they turned a blind eye. They like facilitated in the atrocities of Soviet Russia and communist China. They brought them on board. They had Soviet Russia on board from day one. Mind you, even before World War II, Stalin had his purges and, and great famines and stuff. Purposeful famines. Under Khrushchev, who ran it in Ukraine. That's why when uh, the Nazis invaded Ukraine from the West... They were greeted as liberators because they were getting they were getting famined out by the Soviets. But the eastern side were were communists, and ever since after the fall of communism, there's always been that ideological divide in Ukraine, which was exploited by George Soros, as we saw in the Civil War in 2015. 
And of course, Soros supports the rightist Ukrainian government with their Azov battalion, which are Nazis, that John Kerry and Obama in place in the power installed Poroshenko in Ukraine during the Maiden Square Revolution in 2015. Of course they're going to put in a Nazi. They want that ideological divide. And the Eastern Ukraine, is it, they're still like pro-Russia communists. But Ukraine used to be a part of Russia. That's what George Soros does. That's what communists do. They divide and conquer. Just like here with the black population against the white population. Pretty much everybody who isn't white is against whites. But the worst ones are the ones that are actually on the side of the of the Black Lives Matter. They're the actual racists because they, as a, I would think as like a white supremacist, you know that this is divisive, and you you're, you you and, and if you're evil, you're 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 for it. You're 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 for the divisiveness. You just think that just one little, you know, more bad thing just chips away that of everything good. To the end goal. Which is just ultimate, just dynastic destruction. Just burn it down. And steal everything. Like in Chicago, looting the Louis Vuitton stores. Because one black guy was injured from a cop. Got shot. While there's kids getting hit by strays all the time and dying. Nothing. 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 It's sick. And I'm the one who's pissed off about it. And a lot of other people are too. But the black people who fucking are the racist and hate themselves and consider themselves the N-word and call every other black person they know the N-word, they're the ones... They're like the white Antifa against white people. They're like the black people against black people. They don't represent black people. They don't represent what makes them strong and what they bring to the table to humanity. They're just like, they've just got a different color skin than the Antifa. But, you know, I mean, black people are generally stronger. They're, they're definitely like, you know, they're just built more. They're, you know, they're just like bigger people. And so they have the confidence of that behind them. Whereas, like, the scrawny little white Antifa, like, I'm not the biggest guy either. But, like, the scrawny little, like, white Antifa, they don't have that, so they're, they have this, like, innate fear in them of, like, a physical fear. They, they, they can't stand up for themselves in a fight. Whereas, probably, you know, black people are just innately more athletic, I think, in a lot of ways. More agile, faster... Maybe it has something to do with, like, you know, their ancestry in Africa. And that's why we see them all in sports and stuff. I'm not saying white people can't have that either. But the black people are just more prone to it. It's, it's more of a generality on their part than it is with the white person's part. In which there are actual differences between people of different races. But it's not even about good or bad. 
It's just it's just different. They might excel there where we don't. We will excel here where they don't. But that doesn't mean that the opposites, those are just generalities. That doesn't mean that there isn't a white person that is um um that all white people are worse at basketball than all black people. Sure, there there will be a white person that's better than a black person at basketball. And there is gonna be a black person who's better than a white person at I don't know, whatever fucking white people do. I I don't know. Play tennis or some shit. I don't know. So there, there's crossovers, but that, but with that being said, that means there there is no supremacy of race. There is none. It doesn't exist. It's a fallacy. It's made up. It's made up to divide. We're all individuals. You know what? I got. I'm going to be writing about this because Carol Quigley talks about in his book the evolution of civilizations how there's a gender or not gender, but a, a race spectrum. Everybody's got a hue of a different race in them. You can line every, the 7.4 billion people up on the planet by color, and it'll be like like a like a palette. You know, like when you see the uh, pick a color for your font, or you know, on a web page or something, or on your on your text document. You know, it, there's no transition from one color to a next. It's just it it it, w- it will be. There is no one race. It's just, it's a spectrum. It's actually a spectrum. I just found out I'm 0.25% Mexican, so then I'm not 100% white. Which is, I mean, so I'm, it's a, it, it, you have different races in you. There's a spectrum of your skin color. They don't talk about that. They only talk about a fucking gender spectrum as if you have one quarter vagina and, you know, 75% penis. They, no, it doesn't fucking work that way. They, but it's just, it's opposite day, and, and they just want to tell you the opposite. They want to tell you the opposite. When actually, physically, scientifically, like there's no way around it, we're all individuals. Like, like get that through your fucking head, you collectivists. And it just, it drives me insane. How is it, but you know what? This is just part of the growing pains of humanity. This, this is just part of it. These are the fires that are just going to, it's still like, un, it, it. you know, will we make it through it? I don't know. Like, but, but this is what's meant to be there. This is this is a part of our journey as a species. This is and it, and that's a good thing. So we endeavor this, do our best, and we're meant to get pissed off. We're meant to have angst against this against this stuff. To be ha- the, the fallacy of being happy all the time. Just be happy all the time. Just be happy all the time. Get your contract tracing chip. Just be happy all the time. No, it doesn't fucking work that way. Get pissed off on it. Say no. It, find out how you're going to just do your civil disobedience. Or do something. I mean, like, I'm not even trying to say I'm tough. I just got a podcast and, you know, and I don't wear the mask even though I got to at work. But I just have a bandana over my face, which doesn't even do anything. So I've succumbed to this on some level. I'm not saying I'm anything special. I'm... A, you know, or trying to call people to do something that I'm not doing myself. And there's a lot of other more brave people out there than I am. That's for damn sure. I just got this podcast here and it, this is just my way of trying to do something. Hopefully I'll be doing more. My, that's my intention is I'm doing more. The more I see this, I'm going to learn more. 
research this more, argue more, go to the bar, get drunk, and talk politics with some other people in history. But usually, you know, I'm pretty good at presenting in a way that... It's not even presenting it in a way. It's just I know how I'm very understanding, and I can see where other people are coming from from their point, so I can, like, grasp onto that and meet them halfway on some things and just kind of put my arm over their shoulder and say, here's my point, though. Without attacking their whole identity, which I know is very fragile to a lot of people. Seventh episode of American Schmuck coming to a close. Take care, guys.